God's so good. You know, it's uh, we've just gone through, it's just been Jewish New Year a couple of weeks ago. Did you follow all that kind of thing? And I, I tend not to usually, but it was Jewish New Year, middle of September. And, and uh, coming to this year, they say it's the year of the open door. Who's ready for an open door? Yeah, amen. I'm, I'm up for that. Thank you, Jesus. So, of course, all the prophetic people are going wild about that. Um, uh, but, but doorways, thresholds are interesting moments in life, aren't they? When change goes on. And, and who knows, we can do change well, we can do change badly, we can do change delightfully, we could do change painfully. Um, go on, you've got to encourage each other today because I can feel you're all a bit quiet. Say to the person next to you, do change well. Come on, do it well. Let's do it well, dear Jesus. Here we've got a moment in the life of the disciples as they're following Jesus. And, um, well, let me just read it to you, and then we'll just uh, uh, dig it apart a little bit this morning. Luke 9, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, so um, follow it in your own. Jesus summoned together his 12 apostles and imparted to them authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. Wow. You've got to remember that he was a young, inexperienced Jewish boys, really, probably teenagers. Then he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom realm and to heal the sick to demonstrate that the kingdom had arrived. As he sent them out, he gave them these instructions. Take nothing extra on your journey. Just go as you are. Don't carry a staff, a backpack, food, money, iPhone, not even a change of clothes, or I added that bit. Whatever home welcomes you as a guest, remain there and make it your base of ministry. And whatever, wherever your ministry is rejected and not welcome, you're to leave that town and shake the dust off your shoes as a testimony before them. The apostles departed, went into the villages with the wonderful news of God's kingdom realm, and they instantly healed diseases wherever they went. That's amazing, isn't it? And, um, you know, uh, scholars would say they would have gone, if you think about the regions that they went to, they would have been gone for quite a few months. But it's the little bit in there that I just want to pick up on just to give you a thought to chew on. You only need a thought from church. Ten, you usually forget nine of them. So we're just going to go for one. Is that all right? So here they are. They're going about their life with God and they're uh, taking the ministry of the kingdom out. It could be the equivalent of you taking the kingdom into school, into work, into your neighbors, into your extended family. And he says travel light. That's kind of useful, I think, travel light. Um, But here's the thing it says, when you're rejected and not welcomed, Leave that town, shake the dust off your shoes as a testimony before them. And here's my little thought as we go forward through this open door into what's going to be an exciting season. Don't carry the dust of the last season into the next season. It's really, you have the ability to shake the dust off. What does that mean? Well, you know, use the symbology, the symbolism in it. Um, uh, uh, We are made of dust. Our flesh is often considered a dusty thing. And as you live through life, you're going to get offended, rejected, go through difficulty, go through pain. 
Here's Jesus' instruction. If you're going to go from one town to another, in other words, you're going to pass through open doors, you're going to live a life that goes from season to season, it's really important that five seasons from now, you're not still carrying the pain of five seasons ago. It's too much baggage to carry in life. You have the ability to shake off the dust. So that's my message this morning. Shake it off. Shake it off. Look up. Head forward in the things of God. Jesus promised you'd be persecuted. Anybody got that as a fridge magnet? No, right? That's not fun. He promised you'd be rejected. He kind of promised that you'd go through stuff that you don't understand, but he does. And here's the important thing. As, <laughs> and come on, everybody, it gets harder as you get older. Work with me. You've got to keep shaking off the dust to move forward in the things of God. If you read down in the notes, I love the Passion Translation, not so much for the, 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 um, the, the text. It's great. Some of it's more paraphrased than translation. So it's a lovely mix, but it's the study notes in these. I highly recommend you get one. Um, uh, Brian Simmons, who put together the study notes with this and did the translation, uh, he writes this uh, about these verses. Shaking the dust off their feet would be a statement against the people who had rejected the gospel that the, that the messengers would not be responsible for their fate. More than a metaphor, listen to this, it was an actual custom of the day. Um, here we go. Shaking the dust off their feet, though, listen to this, did not mean they were to stomp off offended and angry. Oh, Jesus, help me. But that they would move on with no defilement or unforgiveness in their hearts towards those who rejected their message. If they did not do that, they would take the dust of that offense to the next place they ministered. Don't take the dust of difficulty to the next place you're going. Shake it off. Shake it off. A few things to shake off. Number one, pain. Shake off pain. And now I... I, I I'm not talking about the physical sort. It might be hard to shake off. But the pain that we get in our hearts, do you ever go through painful times and not the physical pain, but the emotional pain can live with you? We need to get better at casting that off and keeping our strength. The last thing that you want to be in life is a victim. You want to be a little bit little bit gutsy and realize, hang on a minute, you might carry pain. There's probably not a person in the room that, you know, well, probably not a person in the room. I was going to qualify it with an age, but let's not bother because pain comes at all levels of life, doesn't it? And it's different. to. I know you look back on your 11-year-old pain as a 40-year-old and go, well, it's nothing, but it's painful at the time. So we all got to learn to shake off pain. But here's the thing. The moment you become a victim... You start, catch this, this is the important bit, you start to not to respond to God properly. Here's one of the things, if you read the scope of the Bible, you'll find this, God doesn't always respond to pain. He often doesn't respond to our whinging. I mean, I've tried it plenty. I've, I've whinged plenty and called it prayer. I've moaned. 
I've, I've, I've done pity prayers. Do you know what I mean? When you just feel sorry for yourself or someone else, so then you pray for them. I've done fearful prayers. I'm scared of a thing, so I try and pray it away. But actually, and this is over the scope of the whole Bible, God responds to faith. So listen, this is, this is what happens in life. Something nasty happens. We go into lean back, slightly scared. I am now a victim. They're getting at me. Nobody likes me. The boss doesn't like me. Whatever. You go through that. Life wants to put you in a victim pose, which is I'm living to defend myself from all the stuff around me. It's not the place to live a life. The scope of the Bible is this. You walk by faith. What does that mean? It means something happens. You do. It's natural. Probably you should do a little bit. Go into defense mode. Set up some boundaries. Protect yourself. Nothing wrong with that. But then as quick as possible, you need to click back into, but if God is for me, who can be against me? You, you got to get a little, I said it last week, I don't know if you all got it, but you got to get a little bit belligerent. So in the middle of something failing, you got to go. This is what God responds to, but God will work this out. Come on, you've got, to t- you've got to turn that psalm halfway through. It's going to get better than this. This diagnosis is not the end. This, this, this project, this plan, this marriage, this family is not over. God's up to something. So we start with our whinge, totally understandable. And here's the comfort. They're all over the psalms. So God knows that we whittle and whinge. Some of you are looking at me holy like, well, not me, Pastor. God knows that we get unsteady on our feet and we get scared. But he's watching for the moment your heart turns to go, right, I've, had my, I've done my humanity bit. I've had a whinge. I've had a complain. I've let fear work its way through. Now I'm kicking it out and I'm going, but God. But God. I might be heading into the hospital, but God. The bank account might be going down, but God. I might have lost my job. Well, therefore, but God, whatever's going on, at some point you have to get a little bit of divine belligerence and go, but God's on my side. So I lose a job must mean a better job, right? So, uh, so I end up in hospital. Where's Ian gone? I'm going to get people saved on the ward, which is what he was doing this week, right? Stuff goes on in our lives. And at some point he's looking for the turn. Why? Because God responds to faith. It's like heaven smells it. So, so um, uh, a woman who was not a Jew came to Jesus and tried to get him to uh, heal her daughter. He, he was completely silent until she turned around and expressed faith, and Jesus could not ignore it. Imagine that. Heaven is silent when you whinge. But then the moment you turn and go, but God, I know you can do this. I know you can sort this out. I know that you love me. If God be for me, who can be against me? I'm trusting your word. It's almost as if in heaven, God is going, come on, I've given you a hundred translations of the Bible. You've, you've, got, you've got my word accessible to you. If you don't know by now that I can sort out your job, your kids, your marriage, your church, your hopes, your dreams, your debt. If you don't realize that I'm interested in you when I've shouted at you in a hundred different translations, then it's just us being lazy, isn't it? But if we can turn and go, but if God is for me, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He's got my retirement covered. Come on, people who, who are heading towards retirement, wondering if you've got all the box ticked. If God be for you, he's for you. He's for you. 
He's not just for you when you're here on a Sunday morning. He is for you seven days a week. He's for you when you're working, for you with your kids, for you in, in, in school, for you in university. He knows everything that's going on. He's saying, come on, get a little bit of divine belligerence and go, but God's for me. That's why Christians smile through the most horrendous circumstances. Because there's something inside them that goes, it's not over yet. If it's not good, it's not over. So I'm sticking around till it's over. Shake off the fear. Shake off the victim mentality. Because here's, my little bit of advice is this. You will find heaven listens to you more quickly. The moment you turn, you're in that prison, Paul and Silas, and you're praying there in that prison. In other words, what you are doing is completely contrary to the circumstance. Heaven cannot resist it when we won't play the victim. And instead we play the, but I'm God's son. I'm special. I'm favored. Tell the person next to you, I'm God's favorite. Go on. Some of you will struggle with that. I'm God's favorite. <laughs> the second thing. So shake off the victim mentality. And get a bit of divine belligerence. You're loved by God. You might even be disappointed with what's going on inside of you. Come on, get a bit of faith. Stop thinking that you are stronger than God. Like your sin is the worst he's ever seen. Like he's not sorted out someone as bad as you. No. God, just think to yourself, God, if you can fix Jared, you can fix anyone. Get a bit of belligerent. God, you can sort that. And then maybe there's some things he's left in your life to teach you how to have faith when you know you're not perfect. Do you know why that's wonderful? Because it puts your eyes on the cross of Jesus and grace begins to fly. So kick out the victimhood. Amen? Second one, kick out offense, which is what it's literally talking about. Don't carry unforgiveness into your new season because it will plague you. It will poison you. Walk in absolute and utter embarrassing levels of love, honor, and forgiveness. Now, we all nod in church, don't we, until there's something to forgive. (laughs) Right? The, the, The hallmark of the people of God is that we are exceptional at forgiving and forgetting. Doesn't mean that you don't put boundaries in place. Doesn't mean you allow abusive people to do abusive things to you. It is not unforgiveness if you put a boundary in place and go, I forgive you, but I'm not going to let you do that again. That's okay. That's a good and a godly way to live, okay? So don't ever think that that's unforgiveness. But you've got to be able to say, but I forgive you. When Jesus was being crucified, you know the line that he said, Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So again, if you go to Brian Simmons' notes, you will see that in his opinion, because of the verb, Jesus didn't just say it once. He said it every time they did something to him. As one nail went in, he muttered, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Then as the next nail went in, he said it again, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Then in the foot, then the other foot, then the spear in his side. As they pushed the crown of thorns onto his head, he was repeating it again and again. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I don't know how he accessed that kind of forgiveness. (laughs) But I do know this. It would have helped to put it on his lips. 
verbalize forgiveness. Sometimes you have to do it every morning. Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And you know what might have been, I don't know, this might be blasphemous. Work with me. Are you, are you ready for the preacher to say some of it? So if <laughs> Vicky just went careful from the front row. <laughs> no, just work with me for a minute. Jesus saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. I believe Jesus was able to access all the information required to know spiritually and theologically and historically what was going on. I, I must go through this to win you. He was thinking of you on that cross. So that purpose helped him access forgiveness, I believe. But can you imagine being Jesus' mother? I wonder if every time he said it, she said it. And it may have been harder for his mother than for him. When you don't have the level of understanding historically, the panoramic view of history, what was going on, all she saw was her son being betrayed and rejected and attacked and bloodied. But she accessed forgiveness. Father, forgive them. If they can do it, people, come on. Never carry the dust. Shake it off. And again, you've got to get that. Belligerence is the best word. I'm sorry if it doesn't work for you because I know language means different things to different people. But you've got to get, I will will not let the poison into my heart. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them even when they do know what they're doing. Just forgive them. Why? For the sake of your own soul. Then we begin to realize, I'm going through this open door. Something's about to get really good. Amen. And the last one, do I need to do it? I'll do it briefly. Shake off old ways. We're about to go into an incredible adventure, family. I mean, some of the things that are beginning to open up right now are really, really exciting, but they do require us to think differently. Well, and, you know, we've preached it all, haven't we? We've, we've preached about new wineskins and new methods and new ways and new days. Who knows that they're easier said than done, right? I mean, when the preacher says it up the front, right, whatever that means. But then when we start to live them and it begins to stretch us, we've talked about as a church over the last couple of years, slowly developing where it's not just a Sunday where we gather, but seven days a week we have the ability to hang out and be together and, 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 and eat food and talk and, and, and relate and connect. And those that can't come to church on a Sunday because of other things going on, there are other moments to come. How's about a church where the lights never go out and the doors never close, but there's something that fits society today? I believe that's where God is taking us. But that will stretch our thinking. You know, and churches do crazy things like buy adventure parks instead of warehouses. But it's because God wants to do something. So somebody somewhere needs to, if you can't shake off the old ways, you'll have so much baggage you won't make it through the door. But listen, it's about to get exciting. Because God is turning this church inside out and saying, guys, but it's going to get good. It's going to get exciting. Remember the dream I had? Uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I was uh, at the front, and it felt like a revive meeting, and there was hundreds and hundreds of people there, and I was about to introduce a, a guest speaker, and as I stood up to introduce the guest speaker in the dream, all of you turned and ran out the door, and I turned to the le- other leader on the platform, and I said, where are they all going? 
And he said, they're so desperate to preach the gospel. They're going now. They, they don't want to hear another sermon. They want to go and preach the gospel. And I woke up in that moment and God said to me, the church has left the building. And I knew, I, you know, I didn't know the exact because, you know, uh, so many prophetic things often come metaphorically and symbolically. So you have to work it out. But listen, church, God is turning us inside out. We don't want to sit in church meetings till we die. There's a world to reach. There's your family to reach. There's your work college to reach. There's your street to reach. And I believe there are things that God is clicking in our hearts. If we're willing to shake the dust off of the past and of the past pain, of past offense, he's clicking things in our hearts to go, okay, this is it. I'm about to move. There's nearly always, who's seen Jesus' Revolution yet, the movie? Come on, give me a little wave if you have. Oh, got to go see it. It's cool. It's the Christianity that I grew up in in the 70s, right? And it's God moving in such a way. But you know who the greatest enemies of this move of God that ushered millions into the kingdom? Do you know want to know who the greatest enemies of that move of God was? It was not the world. It was existing Christians who did not want their world upending. But the Jesus I follow is still turning over tables. Come on. Shake your feet and go, come on, God. Don't let me become a Pentecostal Pharisee. I want to see some people reached. I want the fire of God to move. I want a Jesus revolution on my street. I want a Jesus revolution among the young people that I know and the old people that I know. Come on, it's time for the silver surface too. God is doing something, but revive. Keep shaking off old ways. Because God's about to do something new. Amen? God, come and do it in us. As the song was singing, he hasn't given up on us. He's just turning such a violent and unusual corner to birth something new. I spoke a couple of weeks ago about cryptic pregnancy or stealth pregnancy, when somebody who doesn't even know they're pregnant suddenly gives birth. You see it every now and then in the news, maybe a couple of times a year, you'll see it, where somebody was carrying something they didn't know they were carrying, and suddenly they give birth. I didn't even know I was pregnant. I believe God's been doing that in us. And I believe he's birthing a move that we weren't expecting. Shake off the past. Get ready to go through a door into something fresh in God. Amen. And that's true for individuals. I think it's true for some marriages here right now. And you're sat here this morning. Huh, that song was for you that I played, as well as others in the room. But there's some of you in this room. I can feel it right now. You are in a low ebb in your marriage. It's like, we're bottoming out. If this gets any worse, it might not last. There's some couples sat here thinking that this morning. Listen, God is with you. God, would you help those couples to shake off the dust of things that have been said and things that have been done? (laughs) And I believe, like the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, where it says they measured off another thousand and suddenly everything was deeper. I believe this morning God is coming to measure off another thousand in the lives of some marriages in this room to say, okay, listen, I'm going to help. I'm going to make the water level deeper. And it's going to change how you feel and how you think. It's going to be amazing the love that God can put back in people's hearts. He is going to restore some things in marriages, even this morning. Come on, let's pray. Father God, I ask that those, there are people sat here really struggling this morning. And that don't give up on me was for them. Some of it's marriages. Some of it you were just so frustrated with yourself. There's some here that feel a little bit lost about school and uni and even post-uni decisions. In other words, career paths. 
And God is whispering in your ear this morning, I have not given up on you. Just because you are at an emotional low ebb, it's not where I'm at, says the Lord. I'm going to lift you. I'm going to lift you. Holy Spirit, just begin to fall on lives in this room right now. Just let him fill you right now. Spirit of God, some people, your health has been at a low ebb. The Spirit of God's coming right now to lift you. Jesus, Jesus, pour your presence into lives right now. Into lives right now. Into purposes right now. Those who have lost the sense of purpose. Father God, pour it in, I pray. Pour in purpose, I pray. Pour in purpose. And right now, shake off, everybody, shake off victimhood. You are loved of God. God wants to make you the most confident, dignified, humble too version of you possible. He said, access that with a little bit of grace-filled belligerence. I am loved by God. He has not forgotten me. I might be going through some twists and turns, but what is he teaching me through it? He wants to lift you. He wants to lift you. Some of you are tired in the waiting. The Spirit of God is with you. He said, no, keep going. Keep going. We are heading into new pastures right now. Spirit of God. Some of you have been waiting a long time. Areas of marriage. Uh, Spirit of God, just come and strengthen the knees that are weak and give way. In other words, strengthen our walk to keep going. Father God, give us perseverance, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Let's just stand together for a moment. We'll play another song in a minute. Um, let's, just, let's just work through those three for a moment in prayer. Right now. Shake off any sense of victimhood or the posture of your soul that something traumatic or, or chronic has led you to. You are beautiful when you are confident. You are beautiful when you're confident. And some of you need to hear that. The false humility needs to go. You are beautiful when you're confident. You are beautiful when you're smiling. And all of that is an expression of faith, not of arrogance, not of inappropriateness but of faith. Shake off offense, stuff said and done by others. Shake off the old ways. Spirit of God. Spirit of God, help us to shake off old ways. God's with you, amen. Amen. Go on, take your seats for a moment. Could we take this morning's offering? I'll just do some announcements, then we're done for this morning. Um, so I know a lot of you give electronically, but those who want to give, do feel free to give. And um, so just to let you know, the property purchase of Let Loose is right at the tail end now of solicitors um, uh, going through, oh, you know, a tiny phrase here and a tiny phrase there in 40-page documents and stuff like that. So we really are at the final stretch of that all going through. Um, uh we're hoping within the next few Sundays that we will be on site at Let Loose. As long as we can get, as, long, if, as soon as the purchase goes through, then we're looking for, if we got enough adult space, enough kids space, enough crate space. As soon as we, we know we got those three, 
you may even be getting an email midweek sometime to say, not at this venue, we're now at Let Loose, but we've just got to make sure that we can tick all those boxes. But it is very, very imminent. We can start to have fun. We can settle in uh, on the land there. And uh, a lot of the prayer stuff will begin to function there. The Friday nights will open up again straight away, those kind of free Fridays for youth. And we're just kind of developing some stuff with that. Um, also, uh, other little bits that are going on right now, we're just doing a, a little prototype of Youth Alpha with just a few, um, but we're, we're going through it quite quickly, so hopefully we will restart um, with some of the newbies that have been coming along on Friday nights. Uh, and as well as that, we're also going to start some deeper sessions for youth too. So it all begin to uptick again, which is going to be fun. Uh, it's just helpful to get on site and then we can build when we're going to meet, what we're going to do uh, from the new site, which is going to be quite cool. Loads of prayer continues. Please do keep praying. Um, worship. Youth Band, you did great this morning. Really, really great. And we're going to keep investing. We're going to keep growing. Um, I like both with the worship school and, and the youth band because, you know, that's my whole world going back enough years. You can spot where, oh, there's talent there, there's talent there, there's talent there. And I just know with the right investment, um, it, essentially you keep going and then look up in a year and you go, wow, we're doing really well. So things are rebuilding, but I'm really chuffed with the bits of gold that we're finding and it's going to turn into something beautiful. So you just watch this space. God's up to some stuff. So worship team will rebuild. Youth stuff will rebuild. Uh, and, um, well, thank God the, the kids' work is keeping going. Is Sandra out there this morning? So Sandra's investing in to, to kids alongside Sholo, who's been an absolute star in keeping things going and then doing more and developing them. So we're in a really good place. And it is, mm, mm, I can smell the astroturf of let loose, even as I stand here with that. Cl- Do you know that? Uh, this might put some people off. Some of you may never come once I tell you this, but you know the astroturf is from the Arsenal training ground. That's where it's from. Oh, say, Dominic. That's why, Dominic, you've been happy from the moment you got there. I'm like, I've never seen Dominic like this ever. It was the Arsenal angle. I knew it was something. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so, you know, if there's any sudden changes midweek for any of these things, you'll get emails. It'll be all over social media. You shouldn't be able to miss it. But we are very imminently turning a corner into the next phase. So shake off the past and let's go forward into all God's doing. Amen? Absolutely. Um, and then by way of headline, really, the big picture is going to be settling. Look, when we get into Let Loose, it's not going to be a show. It's not going to be like, let's try and make this thing, you know, like a concert on day one. It's going to be family getting used to our new homestead. That's going to be the feel. Okay, it's yours. We're going to get on. I mean, I've got to figure out how the panini maker works, right? There's going to be just loads of stuff to work out. And so we're going to spend the winter just enjoying that. And I know some of you, there's practical bits that just tick Tick your box and you go, oh, I'd like to be involved in that. Let me know. I mean, I was talking to, to, to Hugh about because we need to get a cherry picker and clean the dome, if any of you have seen it, like by the time we open properly next spring. Um, but we're going to have a winter of getting used to it, smothering it in prayer. We'll keep all the Fridays going because there's just so many unsaved kids coming to that. It's awesome. And that's going to keep growing. But the idea is this, that I, I think we're on track to say that next Easter, which is end of March, it's 31st of March, I think, next, next year, will be our big... 100-year celebration as a church. And so we'll have an awesome weekend, but that will be the big reopening of the Adventure Park too. 
next Easter. Let's aim towards that. It is going to be just awesome. So we're on a bit of a six-month thing here. But stage one is, as a family, let's get onto our homestead, learn how everything works, and have fun. Amen? And get ready, because when the roller coaster really starts next Easter, it's going to be wild. Amen. So give God a great thank you and have a wonderful week. God bless you, everybody.